Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on southridgecc.org. So let's get started. Well, I personally can't think of any better thing to be doing on the second day of this new year than to be here worshiping with you guys, opening up God's word and just spending some time together, being encouraged, I pray, uplifted, strengthened in your walk and just empowered and encouraged to go out into the world and share the love that God pours into us moment by moment, day by day. So again, it's an absolute honor for me to be here, and I am excited about the time that we have this morning. Um, I don't know about you guys, all of us have different traditions that we have around, you know, New Year's, right? Around New Year's Day, around maybe maybe uh, you have certain things that you always do, places you go. And uh, in our house, we use this really, um, really basic, simplistic form of reflecting uh, and taking a little bit of inventory in our home, and it's called high highs and lows. So if you show up at my house on Thanksgiving, you show up at my house on Christmas, you show up like right around this time, or you're driving the car with us, you may get this question dropped, you know, all right, what was your high? What was your low? And, uh, and then, you know, conversations usually come from there. So I thought I'd just take a minute to just share a couple of my highs and lows. I really appreciate the spirit of the worship this morning, uh, Lyrics that are written that talk about praise coming up out of the trials, hope coming up out of the ashes, light shining in the darkness. And I praise God for that because like you, I am a human being who goes through the full experience of being a human being. And my low on the tales of, of kind of last year, but have spilled all the way over into, into, into 2021, was I lost my sister and my brother-in-law in a tragic car accident. And it was, it was a very low moment for me in that regard. It was a very difficult time, very difficult time. But yes, I can stay, stand before you this morning in all sincerity and, and say with all sincerity that God met me there in that brokenness, that loneliness, and that loss in it. And uh, I praise God for that. You know, out of the ashes, you know, hope will arise. And it's true. And uh, so I I, want to open up, and I kind of want to share that. If you looked at my notes, like the first thing on my top of my notes is, I just want to open my, I, I want God to help me to open my heart to you so that you might be able to open your heart to others and to him. And so anyway, I'm just an ordinary human being who goes through tough times too. And certainly we all have stories coming out of 2021 in a world that is filled with so much uncertainty, so much loss and grief. But yet, isn't our God faithful to meet us in it all? Hasn't he been faithful to carry us through no matter what the circumstances have been? Amen to that. Praise the Lord. So what's my high? Um, My high, my high for 2021 comes out of a, comes out of a deep longing inside of me or a deep inner question. 
that arose in my heart in a time of prayer this past year. And that question is, who am I? Who am I? I say that, I say that, and I share that with you. And yeah, I can say, oh yeah, I've been a believer for this amount of time. God radically saved my life. And these are all incredibly awesome things. And I thank God for them all. But 20 years into the journey, 27 years into the journey, there are days and moments along the way where that, the reality of that question rises up within our hearts. Who am I? Who am I? This was my question to God on, my path, on the trail one, one morning as I was spending time with the Lord. And it was, a moment, it was a moment of sincerity, a moment of sincerity between God and myself. Now, I could come up here and talk about it and, and, and say it before. In that moment, it was a truth that was really literally coming up from the depths of my soul. I was like, who am I? Who am I, God, really? Who am I? And, um, you know, it was out of that, and it was in that place that God truly reminded and touched me and simply spoke over me, Peter, you are my son, and I am your father. And in that moment on that trail, in that moment of sincerity, in that moment of vulnerability, in that space where somehow God helped me to become naked and unashamed, defenseless before him, I experienced an incredible communion and depth with the love of God that, to be honest with you, through all of the, the journey was probably one of the most deepest, significant, real touches from God that I have had in my entire walk. It was like the words, Peter, you are my son and I am your father, became alive and were real and they were experienced in the depths of my soul. Now, this went on for days. I felt like this. It was like an awakening that was happening inside of me with the Holy Spirit. This was my high. To, to be awakened to the reality that I am a, a child of God. That he is my father. And I am his son. To just be reawakened to that. For each of us, I pray in some way, even this morning, that the reality of who you are as a beloved child of God might just catch a little fire this morning as you go into 2022. It's my prayer. You know, as, as, time, as the days began to unwind, I, um, I started picking up books like that really kind of I've never read before. And... Um, and it was interesting, one of the quotes that I read in that space as God, as God was just, just, just showing me and revealing me from the depths of, of his heart to my heart that I belong to him, that he loves me and accepts me and that I'm his son. And um, you know, all of a sudden I kind of open up a book on contemplative prayer and there's this the quote I want to read to you. It says, uh, it comes from a book called Contemplative Prayer written by a, a, a gentleman called Thomas Merton. 
And he goes on to say, and, and if this is in the forward, uh, it says, there is a line in William Blank, Blake that says that we are put on earth for a little space that we may learn to bear the beams of love. We are put on earth for a little space so that we might learn to bear the beams of love. Now, as I was out in the woods and I was reading this, I, I just... I was in a space that God brought me to where I just began to weep, just began to weep that really the reality and the, the purpose of my existence is to be in an intimate love relationship with God. And like that is the primary purpose and reason for which I'm alive and that I'm accepted in that love just as I am. I truly am his son. He truly is my father. You truly are his son and daughter. He truly is your father. You are truly dearly loved with an infinite, immeasurable, unconditional, I love you just as you are love. And I pray this morning that that becomes part of the building block of 2022 for you. It will build our lives on this love. And we'll bring it out into the world. So this quote goes on to say, you know, and it was very helpful to me. He, uh, this, if I could read to you uh, these few words here. It says, for if to pray means to change, it is no wonder that men, even demoted, devoted men, hurry to fashion protective clothing laden aprons that resist all radiation, even beam-proof shelters within the corporate religious exercises in order to elude the beams of love and stay as they are. The author's talking about the reality that for all of us, our mode of operation most of the time is that we've got like shelters built around us that actually are kind of trying to resist this love that every day is calling us to itself, pouring himself into us, sustaining us, you know, yet we, we, we have these, 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 these little shelters that we build that we hide in our masks, our facades, you know, today I realize that the sin that I commit in my life is truly me putting up a thing like, hey, your love, you, God, like, not right now. It's kind of like a little shelter or a, or a curtain. He goes on to um, explain and use a, this cool visual about an old-fashioned theater, and he speaks of, if I could read this, he says, in an old-fashioned theater, there were often three or four fire curtains with lively scenes painted on them. At intervals before the play began, these painted curtains were lifted one after the other. As a member of the audience, I was never quite sure whether it was still another painted curtain or the very play itself that was there before me. But finally, the last fire curtain lifted, and now there was nothing between me and the actors themselves. Kind of like the true play of the intimacy and the love relationship that our creator desires with us happens when our, our masks are, are taken down, when these fire curtains are lifted. Fear, doubt, anxiety, success, 
money, self-righteousness, these, these, these fire curtains. I, I have them. We all do. We could probably identify some of the things that we use to kind of bring an image forward. But yet, really, truly, it's not the play. It's not the real you. And it's not you and I really interacting on a deep, intimate level with our creator. And so these curtains, they, you know, they need to come up on the trail that day somehow. And sometimes it takes God to do it, right? On that trail that day, a sincere cry of who I am comes up. Somehow my curtains are down. I'm vulnerable before my creator. And now I'm ready to hear. Now I'm ready to, the play is ready to begin. And the voice of God is ready to speak. And it is a loud, clear voice that is accompanied by a very real presence because our God is not an object, but he is a being, right? And love begins to be poured out. Love begins to be poured out. I begin to experience the depths of his love in the depths of my own humanity. It's in my brokenness and in my poverty. It's in our brokenness and in our poverty that we are opened up to the fullness of our creator. And so this is such a wonderful reality that God is not asking us to play games with him. He's not asking us to be somebody we're not. But indeed, he says, I love you and I accept you as you are with your darkest secret, your most horrifying sin that you've committed to your greatest victory in your life. And everything in between, God says, I love you. He doesn't just say it, but he pours himself out into our lives. Moment by moment, day by day, in him we live and move and have our being. He is sustaining us. He is carrying us. He is all around us. I love the statement that he is closer to us than we are to our very self. All the time. Every day. In life and yes, in death. Amen. You know, I, I pray this morning that we can uh, just move, move, maybe move the, um, the pendulum a little bit, a little bit toward a, a deeper transparency, a deeper honesty, a deeper sincerity with God and others. As we, as we contemplate, maybe even we get to think a little bit about what would it look like if all of my fire curtains were down and I was standing in the presence of my loving creator. It's not just something that we even have to only envision or dream about. It's very real. And the way there is not by trying to be somebody we're not, but by being the very person that God created us to be. Amen to that. You know, one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible that really paints this picture for me, and I, I really hope that in some way it helps to paint the same picture that we're talking about here, about coming into the presence of God, our loving creator, just as we are, the good and the bad. And so we're going to take a look at Isaiah 6, one of my favorite passages in the scripture this is a uh, moment in the history of the prophet Isaiah when he receives his marching orders from the father and goes out into the world as a herald to bring the truth and the word of God to the people of God. 
And I was here at Christmas Eve, too, as well, seeing all these prophetic words spoken of Isaiah about the Messiah, right? So this is his call. This is where, where, where something very significant happened in his life. I would like to say this is the moment for Isaiah when he found himself curtains down. Sin, very much aware of his sin and his brokenness in the presence of God. So let's take a look at this, let's, and then we'll break it down a little bit. It says here, in the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six uh, wings. Two, with two, they covered their eyes. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Subwoofers and smoke machines. <laughs> then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah responds, and I said, here am I, send me. Right, we know that in this particular passage, at the, you know, in the, in the history of, of Israel, God's people at the time, that they were going through kind of like a moral low, that there was a lot of, uh, a, a, a lot of um, Israel wasn't at its best, let's just put it that way, and they were experiencing a lot of uncertainty, again, they're at a moral low, and here we see, now the king dies, leadership just boom, falls apart, there's no king. And it's in this moment that we see Isaiah, we see his heart, we see, we see um, this desire inside of him, we see this, um, just this uh, deep uh, connection and need for God. The first thing that Isaiah does in the moment in his life when everything seemingly is falling apart around him, his country's going through a tough time, leadership is, is definitely kind of weak at the moment. What does he do? He runs to God. He runs toward God. You know, I love this part of this, this small little excerpt into Isaiah's life that when things are falling apart in Isaiah's life, he runs toward God. And my friends, that in and of itself is a great thing for us to, I think, for me, I hope for you, to remember in 2022 as our world continues to, uh, to uh, be a place of uncertainty. It continues to be a place of pain and loss and suffering and grief and, and sin and depravity. Right? We see what's happening in our society is so many people are trying to deal with the pain of the human existence, right? Trauma that's been experienced, um, wounds that are there, fears, anxieties. 
People are running to things like opioids, like they're going out of control, right? This is the year. That was the year that King Uzziah died in Isaiah's life. This is the year for us as a church and as as believers that 100,000 people in our society died of accidental overdose because of opioids, because people are hurting. People are uncertain. Like the rest of us, they have anxiety and fear, and they're running to other things to comfort themselves that are leading, unfortunately, to actual death, right? We can run to other things. We don't have to be a heroin addict to know that we run to other things in our lives other than God to try to comfort us, to try to, to, try to ease the pain a little bit of what this, it's like to be a human being, to struggle with deep questions like, who am I? Where am I going? Who can I trust? What's the next thing that's going to happen, right? And we're, got, we, 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 we we're dealing with issues of anxiety, which we really, we, we, sh- we should, we're kind of in a situation where things are unstable. But may we be as simple as this, like Isaiah, and may we run to God. This whole vision, if you were to go into um, commentaries or anything, happened in the temple. He's, uh, he ran to God. May we run to God in 2022. May we run to God wide open. God, I'm hurting. God, I'm afraid. God, I don't know what to believe anymore. Oh, God, I can't believe it. I lost my loved one. Oh, God, help me. Help me, God. God, I'm going to run to you. I'm going to run to you. In 2022, I'm going to run to you. You are going to be the place I go when I don't understand. You're going to be the place I go when my life is spiraling. You're going to be the place I go when great things happen and when I'm feeling good, and you're going to be the place I go when I'm in the the pits. God, you are going to be my source of life. I am going to pursue you. I am going to run after you. I'm going to seek your voice in this situation. I'm going to get on my knees and seek you and run after you, God. Everything inside of me is so quick to go to other things. First, I'm going to go to this or I'm going to go to that. You know, a lot of times we, we put ourselves through a lot of pain, right? And we come up deeply empty because we keep running after things other than God. May we run to God in 2022. And those statements aren't meant to lock guilt on us. Those statements are here. We're saying this this morning so that we can remember that when we come to God with the reality of who we are, the reality of our inner struggle, we meet him there. We meet him there. We find him there. And may this be the course that we choose in 2022. May we, like Isaiah, run to God. Oh, Wow. Then we, see, then we see that, you know, Isaiah has this, this picture, this amazing encounter with God, right? All of a sudden, Isaiah begins to be opened up to this vision of, of God, right? He said, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying, and they were calling out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I mean, Isaiah's vision is incredible. He's trying to use human words to describe an infinite God. And, and our eyes are just opened up a little bit to this, to, this, to this reality of who God is. You know, I love this, right? Here, you know, things are falling apart all around. God is on his throne. He's sovereignly in control. He's not, he's not altered or concerned or afraid. Or He's on his throne. He's ruling and sovereignly in control of what's going on. 
So here's Isaiah in the presence of God. There's so much in those verses that we could spend days on that. The fact of the matter is, is that Isaiah's eyes have been opened up to the infinite God. And he's before him. And the first thing that happens to Isaiah in that space is he cries out. He goes, whoa, woe unto me. I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the king, the Lord almighty, you know. He's in this place where all of a sudden he becomes aware of his, his spiritual poverty, of his need for God. It's like the superficial shell of who Isaiah is, is broken. And like if the abyss of his iniquity is poured out before God, he's standing there naked without defense, fully aware of the fact that he's dirty, that he doesn't measure up and that he even lives among a people as such, Right? That's his, woe is me, I'm lost. You know, who am I? I live, alo- I live amongst the people who are lost. I feel lost. I live amongst the people who sin. I have sinned. I live amongst the people who, who are suffering from grief and loss. I have grief and loss. And here he is standing before God in that place You know, there is no safer place for someone who is a sinner that knows they fall short than in the very presence of God. Safest place on earth for any human being is in the presence of God. So then all of a sudden, while he's in this place, you know, if we could just, there he is, fire curtains are down. All of a sudden he says, Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. This is such a beautiful picture. Okay, here is Isaiah in the presence of God, fully aware of his brokenness before his creator. And he is not rejected. He is not condemned. He is fully accepted in that place, in God's loving presence. So much so that God is so fully aware, obviously, of what's inside of him. That instead of condemning him, he takes a piece of himself, his very essence, off the altar And touches his lips, the very place where Isaiah is fully aware that he falls short from God. And he says to him, you see, I have touched your lips. I have touched your mouth. Your guilt and your shame can't stand a chance in my loving presence. And your sins have been atoned for, covered over. That's such a beautiful picture. That really gets me fired up. Isaiah runs to God in the reality of who he is, and he finds that his creator accepts him, embraces him, loves him just as he is. 
Guys, this is so hard for us to understand. This is so hard at times for us to live here, right? To build our life around the reality that God knows exactly every single thing about who we are. And he accepts and loves us as we are. And he goes beyond that. Like he touches us with his very essence to deal with the things that we are unable to deal with. He touches us with his very essence and he cleans the places that we feel dirty. And he breaks the power of shame and guilt in our lives through his loving presence. And obviously all that coming right through the cross of Jesus Christ. This is our God ready and willing and able to embrace us, to love us, to meet us where we're at and touch us. Yet it's very clear here and other places throughout the scripture, we got to come as we are. We got to stop playing games. We got to stop having, you know, we got to let all the fire curtains down and learn how to keep them down and stay open in the presence of a loving God and then live that way. Circle back to the reality that even though I fall short, that in the presence of God, I am fully loved, fully accepted. Isaiah goes on to say, you know, it was at that moment that he heard a voice saying to him, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? So in this experience that he's having in the presence of God, he's cleansed, right? God says, you know, whom whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. This is such a beautiful picture about what it means for us to be children of God, also to be used of God. God takes Isaiah's weakness, touches his most, for him, his most deepest weakness that he felt and sensed within him that was there, defining him. I am a man of unclean lips. You know, God touches him there and says, no, your guilt is taken away. Your sin has been atoned for. And in that moment, he equips him through his weakness, right? To become the place, the vessel, the place where God's word would go out to the nation of Israel, the the place where God's word would be prophesied and would be, would be uh, honored and lifted up in places like this sanctuary on a Christmas Eve. Where out of his weakness? Are you afraid of your weakness? You don't need to be afraid of your weakness. You and I can bring our weakness before God and allow him to touch us with his essence every, you know, like on a regular basis, right? He's going to take that space. It's going to be the very place that his power and his glory are going to go out into the world ultimately above his power and his glory is his love God wants to use you and me to bring his love into this world you know God is in the process of it conforming us and transforming us into the image and likeness of his son Jesus Christ who is the very exact representation of God who in his essence is love You and I, in the hands of a loving God, are being transformed into a vessel of love that reflects our original design and our creator. May we, in 2022, run to God, curtains down, totally open before him, and allowing him over and over to touch the wounds, to touch the deep spaces. May we start each day by going, God, here is my wound. I have believed for so long in my life that I don't measure up. God, I want to start right there. I'm just praying that, like, that you would please help me here. Help me, God. Help me. Start there, right? Receive that grace. And then bring it out into the world. Here am I. Send me. May we build our lives on that love. 
May we, may we be faithful this year in our rendezvous with God. May we see, I'll ask the band to come forward. May we, the worship team to come on up. May we be, uh, may, may we be motivated to come into the presence of God this year over and over and over with the, the deepest sincerity of our heart and bring it, bringing it into his presence, experiencing his unconditional infinite love that he has poured out into our lives through the cross of Jesus Christ over and over and over again. My goal this year is to build my life on that love, to build my life around that love, to learn to live in that love, to learn how to let go of all the exterior facade over and over. It's not easy. It's kind of scary sometimes as the onion layer gets peeled open, right? And I start to feel some of my deeper fears, you know? But if I don't panic, I find him there, right? Today, I want to try to circle back to the access of my life, which is God's infinite love in Christ Jesus. As I go out into the world and there are distractions, there's things going on, I want to circle back to that love, circle back to the reality that I am accepted and you are accepted just as we are, fully loved. There is not one moment of any day that goes by not one circumstance. There is no thought that you could think that will separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You are secure. You are loved. You are his son and daughter. Let's reflect upon that as we go into a time of worship and close out this song. May this be the prayer of our hearts. But May, 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 may we just take a good deep breath in. And, and Lord, help us in this moment to connect with you, your essence, touching the deepest center of who we are.
Stand, worship, stand. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. And show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in love to those
storms of my life, God, I will not be shaken, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Father, this morning. Thank you for our time of worship. Now we pray, Jesus, help us. Help us, Jesus. Help us. Father, I pray. I pray. In this moment, here in this place, Lord Jesus, that you would pour out power according to the riches of your glory, that you would strengthen our inner man and that you would root and ground us, Lord, in your love. That you would pour out power upon your church here and throughout the world, Lord Jesus, to know the height, the depth, the breadth, and the width of your love that goes beyond comprehension. That is my prayer, Father, for each and every person in this room online. And Father, we pray that you would fill us with your fullness. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen. Thanks so much for being with us today. Take care.